Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody. My name is Layla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us this morning. But before we get into the word and all the fun, let's take a moment and pray. Lord, we just thank you for the joy that you give us, Lord, and the unique personality that you have blessed each and every one of us, Lord. Lord, we ask that you'll develop our gifts, God, and continue to develop us, Lord, so that we can bring you glory and honor to your name, God. We thank you for our partners and we thank you for our listeners, God, that you are blessing them, Lord, that they are excelling and exceeding, God, that the enemy can't bring any weapon that succeeds against them, God, but they overcome and they triumph, Lord, just as you did on your time on earth, God, and as you continue to do for all eternity, Lord. We thank you for your love and kindness, Lord, and your tender mercies, God, that are new and fresh each morning, God, and your grace, Lord, we thank you for our brothers and sisters, and we thank you for your Holy Spirit that you have given as a gift freely to all who ask without doubting or wavering, Lord, but that trust in you, God, and faith that you've given to us, Lord, that guides us into all truth and shows us things to come, Lord. So we just thank you for those things. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We are excited and glad you're with us. As we continue our study of the Word, and at this point, we are in the book of Acts. So we are continuing. We're going to reread from Acts chapter 8, verses 9 through 25. But before we get, begin, I'd like to thank each of you for joining us, and especially want to thank our partners, um, those that continue to just be obedient to the Lord, and also that are a blessing to us by keeping us in prayer, that sow into this ministry, that like, share, and subscribe these episodes on the number of platforms you find this ministry, but that really have chosen to, uh, by chosen, I mean, chosen to be obedient to the Lord and how he's led them and helping us to build the Lord's house and to ensure that the gospel is preached throughout the four corners of the earth. So I'd like to thank you. I thank the Lord for you and for your heart towards him to just be obedient to what he's saying and leading you to do and for being a blessing to us. Mm-hmm. So we, we are grateful, thankful for you and your heart towards him, but thankful to the Lord for you and for us working together to fulfill his call for us and especially for this ministry. Amen. So let's get into the word, shall we? Yes, we shall. That's, that's what we're here for. Amen. Can I get a volunteer to read Acts chapter 8, verses 9 through 25? I will. All right, LaCharles. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with the sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. 
who, when they had come down, prayed for them with that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had not, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perished with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Then Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me, that none of the things which you have spoken may come upon me. So when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. Amen. So at this time, we're going to open the floor and give each of you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. So who'd like to begin? I guess I will. All right, LaCharles. Um, the first thing that the Lord was pointing out to me was in verse 9 and 10 and how he was showing that these people, the Samaritans, it was also a, a willingness to be deceived and how mommy and dad always tell me that your spirit knows when something's right and when it's, something's wrong. They gave the example of a baby when they knock over a vase and it breaks. Though they may not know what they've done, they say, ooh, ooh, and run in the opposite direction. And the same is true in our own spirit. We know what's wrong and what is right, but they were willing to be convinced by what he was saying and were willing to go along with it, though the Holy Spirit told them that it was wrong. And you see this in many examples inside of the Old Testament where though he didn't, they thought he didn't speak to them directly, they still understood certain things were wrong. And then also with that, it leads me to my second point when um, Simon offered peter the money it wasn't a great battle for peter it didn't say he stuck out his hands and grabbed it and threw it on the ground saying no <laughs> this was he already made the decision not to do it it wasn't a temptation for him because he already knew what his role in christ was and the lord was also showing me was that there is a differentiation between the two on one hand they were willing to go along with it and the people of Samaria, they okay. understood what was wrong and were willing to go along with it. Whereas Peter, he understood what was right and he understood what was wrong, though he didn't need to. But he said, okay, Lord, he was already listening to the Holy Spirit and he was able to hear in the moment. Like as Jesus said, do not consider what you're going to say. Oh, isn't Peter writing out a script? If somebody comes to me with a bag of money, I'm going to say, no, you perish with it. This was all something that the Lord spoke to him in that moment. And the Lord showed me that we had to be able to do the same. We still hear him in the midst of something where in a situation where it's not quite right. Meaning that we have to be able to listen to him at all times. Not just when we're sitting down praying or going about our daily lives and everything's at calm. And the Lord gave me the example. He was talking to me about we were reading a little faith devotional. And Mr. Kenthy Hagen, he was talking about how he was able to talk with the Lord wherever. He didn't have to always go to his faith um, 
closet, as he called it, to go downstairs and pray and understand what the Lord wanted, he was instantly in tune with it and could hear it in the midst of the situation when he was saying something that was incorrect. He heard the Lord saying, that's incorrect, and was able to correct it. And the same is true here, was it was we need to develop a place where we're able to hear in all situations and wherever we are. Mm. Amen. Uh, do you know what clouds our ability to hear from the Lord? Mainly your own thoughts and your own feelings about a situation. Your own desire. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So first, hearing from the Lord through relationship, right? Yes. But even... Uh, Saul on the road to Damascus had an experience with the Lord that was, I'll say, overpowering for him. And he didn't have a choice but to listen at that moment. Um, He could have stopped his ears and said, la, 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 la. But the Lord got his attention. But as we walk with the Lord on a daily basis, the thing that gets in our way of hearing God's voice clearly is our own desire. So you got it right. When our desire is our God, when it's talking so loudly that we can't hear anything else. And the only word we want to receive from God is him condoning or approving of what it is that we desire. It makes it a challenge to follow him. We have not put, we have not crucified our flesh with its passions when that's the case. Even when it's something that seems like it's a good idea, it, it, like it's not a sin per se, but if it's talking louder than the voice of your savior, or the Holy Spirit speaking in you, it makes it really hard to hear what he has to say. Yes. Um, So that means there had to be a choice in Peter long before he got to this, or a, and I'll I'll say it's not about time, but it's a quality decision. He he put his foot down, he drew a line in the sand, if you will, to use some of our um, colloquialisms in America. He determined, he made a decision to follow Christ that, and he was not going to turn back. And, that included a look at money. That included a look at a, a bunch of other things. Um, yes. To make his stance that he wasn't going to be drawn away by that. Now, we know from the looking at the Gospels, he'd already run away from Jesus once. And the Lord um, gave him an opportunity to repent and return. We know that yes. G- uh, Peter was there and had knowledge of Judas's... Um, pilfering from the money box and that Judas sold Jesus out for money. So he was exposed to all of those things and he had to make his own covenant agreement with the Lord to follow him no matter what. So that when he came to this situation, it wasn't a humming and hawing. And as you said, taking the money, rolling it around in his hand, sniffing it, you know, then struggling after he broke into beads of sweat, throwing it down on the ground to wrestle himself away from, from that. Yes. So our desire has to be submitted to God. Yes. Amen. All right, go ahead. What else do you have? That was it for right now. I just wanted to jump in there. Uh, Layla, last um, episode, was talking about conditioning mm-hmm. and in the same way. So, yes, I agree fully. It is our desire. Um, we, But we... We're always being conditioned or influenced. Um, it's a question of whether we're doing it on purpose or we're letting it happen by default. Mm, amen. So if we're not deliberately, um, as in Romans um, twelve two, renewing our mind, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then our world our worldview is being added to, 
right? Mm-hmm. By the world. By the world, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then we have to undo that. So, um, probably everybody at some point in time, at least in in the Western world, has had a fish or a fish tank. If it's just a little goldfish in a bowl or whatever, mm-hmm. what happens to the the water in just a few days if you don't do anything to it? It gets it, dirty, and gets kind of cloudy and nasty and slimy. It gets the, the reality it's gets stinky. obscured, right? Yeah, and stinky yes. and mm-hmm. right. So it requires attention to keep it clean. Mm-hmm. So if you don't do anything, by default, it gets dirty. Mm-hmm. It gets dirty of the world. It gets dirty in our thinking. It gets dirty. Because our desires grow and manifest themselves instead of submitting ourselves before the Lord and submitting our desires before the Lord continually because they keep coming back. And that's okay if we continue to resubmit them. Hopefully, as we grow in Christ, that becomes less and less. But sometimes we have some stuff that just takes a little while to, we just got to keep submitting it. We got to keep putting it on the, you know. At his feet, as it were, right? And mm-hmm. surrendering it at the foot of the cross, however, whatever works for you in your mind, you have to do that. But I just want to make sure, everybody, you know, really understands that it, it is a, it's going to happen. It's just a question whether you're going to control it and condition your mind to the things of the Lord, or you're not going to control it. And by default, you will be conditioned to the things of the world, i.e., the prince of this world, which is Satan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Amen. It, it is our responsibility. And um, in that, we, we kind of talked about, I guess, the last podcast um, about how we value and how we choose to see it. So like you, you mentioned, Dean, um, the desires coming back up. Well, as long as you keep them alive and it's a flame that you're trying to suppress, and if, as long as you continue to see um, value and all desire is not bad. But the desire that is talking louder than God, you have to treat it as a profane thing. If it's talking louder than your God, you you have to crucify that because it will continue to get bigger and bigger and it'll draw away your attention. And then you'll be focusing on the object rather than the creator. Right. That's uh, Romans chapter one. You know, that's how they got all the way off into being in a reprobate mind and given over to their own flesh as they started to worship the created thing versus the creator. And just because it started out, there's nothing wrong with the bird. God made birds, but he did not make them to be worshipped. A bird is a beautiful yes. thing. If we're just observing it, it's meat. Uh, you know, it could be a variety of things that God meant to be good for us. But when we take it and make it something different and we don't keep it in its rightful place, then it can be, you know, become a monstrous thing in our lives. So as long as we keep a place in ourselves where this desire still has a voice and an opportunity to be God, it'll keep coming up and we'll keep dealing with it. But when you crucify that thing and you permanently leave it at Jesus's feet, because sometimes we leave it and then we go take it back. We, leave, we go, oh, we're giving it to you, Lord. And then we come back and we sniff it a little bit more and we, we taste it a little bit more and we meditate on it a little bit more. And then we find ourselves going back and forth. And when we, just like with forgiveness, when we give it to the Lord and we say, yes, I, I, I truly and officially forever, evermore gave this to you, Jesus, it's yours. From there, it's not a receiving of it again. It's saying, nope, when the devil tries to bring that up to your mind. And I think this is where you were going with that, Dean. When the, when the enemy tries to bring that to your mind and go, oh, no, no, remember, remember this? We're still dealing with that. You, you still love this. You still, no. And you go, no, I'm not taking that. It's already at the feet of Jesus. It has nothing in me. And you keep moving forward versus giving it to Jesus and then taking it back. 
or giving it to Jesus and then believing the enemy when he tries to dupe you and tell you that it's still yours, you still got it, and then you take it back in that way. You know, it's at his feet, that's where it remains. And then you continue to pursue God as your one and only. Uh, we, we talked about Revelation. Um, it's been a few podcasts back, but we were talking about the churches and we, we referenced the lukewarm church, but um, there was also the church that forgot their first love. They were doing what seemed right. They were making progress, but they had another lover in their life. Their, their first love was not the, the apple of their eye anymore. It was not their focus. It was not their prize. It was not their predominant thing. It was not their only thing. There were other things that they began to love. Clearly, you can see it by the way the Lord describes it. You have forgotten your first love. That means you've taken other lovers. So in that, let God be your all in all. And then when he brings something to you, it'll be clean and it'll be pure. Again, not to be worshiped like children are a blessing from the Lord. They're an inheritance. They're a gift, but they're not our God. They're not meant to be worshiped. They're not meant to be exchanged and put in place of, I have to make a choice. Am I going to do what's right by God or what's right by my kids? They don't belong there. They're not able to handle that. And it's not good for you. So keep your focus on the love of your life, who is Jesus Christ, and he'll make sure everything else as well. Mm-hmm. And that desire, when it becomes a screaming loud thing, there's also fear attached that God won't do for you something that's good. So you've got to cling and hold on to it yourself. Simon didn't believe that the grace of God was sufficient, that God would do good for him because he still needed to use it to get his own way, right? He still needed to use the things of the world to get his own way, the, the trickery, the, the deception, the control, the witchcraft, all of that, to try to get power because he felt empty. So God's grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. And you have to, if you want to progress forward and not circle the mountain over and over, if you want to move forward in the things of God and mature and grow up, you have to resolve in your mind that God is good. He has good things for you. And he is the only one that has a real, true, pure, clean, whole, and entire definition of good. Nobody else anywhere else can ever have one because they're tainted. That, that conditioning that uh, you were referencing, Dean, by the world, conditions, it's a way to meet your needs without God, which is, again, the Tower of Babel that we referenced uh, mm-hmm. previously. So, Trying to find an alternate route into the kingdom. To meet, Yeah, whatever it is, to meet your own needs without God. When God has said, if you trust me, I'll bring you into all these things. If you just trust, I'll bring you to a good land. It will be good for you. It's a pure land. There's, and when he makes rich, he has no sorrow with it. But I guarantee you, the world goes, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You'll be free. Go ahead. Go ahead. You don't need God. You're going to be, oh, you don't need that. You'll be rich and you'll have a good life. But then you see them, they're bound to drugs or pornography or, or sexual or immorality just we read or just here, being destroyed on a daily basis. Just what we read here in Acts, right? They... All the things that they had put their faith, hope, trust, whatever in actually only brought them into bondage and they needed to be delivered and set free and demons were cast out and people they were, were healed and that, that is oppression and paralyzed at every demon possessed. Man, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oppression and possession. Um, by, I mean, like demonic man. possession, uh, both happening simultaneously and con- consistently, continually in their lives as a result of continuing to submit to those things that were not of the Lord. And that's what it is. When we serve the world, when we allow ourselves to be 
transformed, I mean, or conformed to the world instead of transformed by the renewing of our mind, it steals the very life that God gave us. And the adversary is working overtime to make sure that you don't ever look up and see that God actually has good, that you never extend your faith to believe that God truly will do what he said he will do. And if he thought of this little part, what are the chances that he's done the whole thing? It's very likely that he's taking care of all of it, but the world will not have you see God in that way. They will not have you believe the truth. The flesh would not have you believe the truth because the carnal mind cannot perceive or receive the things of God. It has no fellowship with it. That's why we have to put on the mind of Christ and renew our mind daily. As you were referencing, Dean, day after day, day after day, and remembering not that we've taken and we're still struggling with it. We're not Alcoholics Anonymous. We are free. We are renewed and we're redeemed. And when we lay it at his feet and leave it, he's got that matter. And we just go on and we remind the adversary that that has nothing in us. Nope, that's already been done. You're not going to trick me into taking it back. And we pursue God. Well, I think it's interesting. We mentioned, I think it was in the last podcast about um, uh, a kind of a parallel about the uh, Moses going up on the mountain and the people um, deciding not to go. Moses, you go on our behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, um, I, I know if I'm honest with myself, there are times in my own life where God invites me in and I don't step in because I know what that means. It means I'm going to leave something behind mm. and I, I still want to hang on to it. Like, like you were saying in a, in the podcast, well, I know you knocked in the dirt Lord, but I, I, I picked it up and cleaned it back off. It's okay. <laughs> right. And so I, I really do know. Right. And I think the, I think the Israelites knew. The Hebrews, I guess I should say at that point, really weren't really mm-hmm. calling them the Israelites, knew that they were going to let go of something uh, if they went up on the mountain. They were going to have to, mm-hmm. to approach a holy God. Amen. And um, I had missed it until just now, but there's similar, a similar parallel here with Simon because mm-hmm. they were laying hands on them and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. Why wasn't he just there doing that as a natural part of it? He was standing away from it. And he wanted to approach it from a different way. Mm-hmm. And, and why didn't he receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Right. That's what I said. Why was he standing in line as it were to with just. With his hands but, raised trying to get his. Right. Right. With everybody was. Right. It was. It was being offered freely. Mm-hmm. But. Amen. Yeah. There was something he had to leave behind. And he wasn't ready yet. And, and did he truly believe? Or was he just saying what, need, what he thought needed to be said in order to deceive lie, twist, manipulate, and acquire for himself by under false pretenses, false means, what he thought would, would give him power to do what he was doing prior to. Yeah, I think the way the scriptures in even Simon received, I think it was a legitimate re- reception. It's just no fullness of it. Is it was it, uh, as, as it were, um, we talk about Jesus' parables, was the seed thrown on the hard path, mm-hmm. right? And the seed's just laying there. Right, that he received. Right. Yep, those are all, all good or it points. Went into shallow ground and a little bit of heat. You got to give up your witchcraft. You got to give up your lust of money. You got to give up all, you know. Yeah. And well, that heat that shined on that little seed because it had no root, shriveled it the, up. There's that. And there, there's deeper things too, right? If we look at, um, uh, I'll, you know, I'll say even the parable of the fig tree, but um, more so what the Lord says in uh, in Matthew 7, right? talking about the tree and his fruit not everyone who says to me lord lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but only those who do the will of my father in heaven and and it continues 
um, beyond that, but um, since we're coming up on time, I don't want to go too deep into it, right? Um, I'll just leave with this. It's more than just a profession. Our righteousness has to, as the Lord said, exceed that of the Pharisees. It wasn't just professing faith. It was believing, and that belief being put into action. Faith working with the works, as it says in James. So, um, there's a lot there, a lot for us to, to ponder and consider before the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to minister with us So, and, and with each of you. So we want to allow the opportunity for him to do that. So let's pause there for today. We will reread this and discuss it in greater detail on the next podcast. So can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. Lord, I just thank you for giving us this word. I just thank you for providing everything that we need, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for making where everything is ours, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. And we love you. Amen to that. We love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to a Day of Prayers morning Bible study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through a day of prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select Partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.